Thanks for joining the Welcome to Consciousness podcast where we are raising consciousness together. We'll be discussing all things consciousness, awakening, healing, purpose, and so much more. If you haven't already, you can hit subscribe or like, or you can follow us along on Instagram or check out our website. Let's get started. Well, g'day there. Thanks for tuning in again. We've got our next guest. This is Lewis Parker. And me and Lewis, we met in our coaching mentorship about two and a half years ago uh, with Nick Perry from Rhythm Health. And yeah, it was both a significant uh, part of our journeys for both of us. So it's fantastic to have you here, Lewis. Uh, thanks for having me, Michael. Yeah, yeah, we just had a quick little chat about about where we've been and catching up because we really haven't spoken face-to-face since the mentorship. But yeah, we, we both recognized that that was such a pivotal uh, change for both of us you know I really started to believe that I could do and be myself in the world from that point onwards and so yeah it's a powerful powerful container that we are in and we've both grown so much since yeah and you really have lived that since and so I just want to share a bit of Lewis's background um, so that we can launch off that so Lewis is a sound engineer and mu- musician with a passion for the healing potential of sound therapy and music medicine when I read that one line, I'm like, that's enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, did you want me to speak to that a little bit? Uh, no, we'll come back to it. So sure. for, for the last five years, he's dedicated his life to understanding the power of frequency and the mechanics of healing through the medium of sound. His successful Instagram channel, Fundamental Frequency, which we'll put in the show notes, is where he shares his research and knowledge covering the latest discoveries in sound therapy, music medicine, and interviews some of the world's leading sound healers and and scientists on his podcast, the Fundamental Frequency Podcast, which I recommend that you check out. As a musician, Lewis has worked to apply all the above principles and philosophies and created stunning ambient electronic music to which he plays to an audience in lay down medita- um, meditative events. And I'm sure you've um, you've done that in many different formats. So yeah, thanks for being here. And I just wanted to ask, yeah, can you share a bit more about your background and what led you into this? And mm. then let's link into your own journey of consciousness as well. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, thanks for the introduction, Michael. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's been a, a long, it's been a long journey, and like something that I could definitely, we could all write our own novels about our own journey, right? Like, there's mm-hmm. crazy stuff that happens to us, and that's our our version of life. But with the music, the passion for music, I was a musical kid. I grew up. Um, with a musical family and so um, I felt the calling to that and I played guitar through primary school high school and that's kind of what I wanted to do as as I grew up was be in bands and be a musician and then higher self and spirit has a way of uh, directing you into another path like through those things failing you know multiple times like I did have one I did have a good go like I had a few instances where I had um had like big managers or um, I had a band that did really well and it just all came crumbling down like in a rage of fire. So it's <laughs> it's hilarious. Now I look back and I'm so thankful for those things happening because it just pushed me in a different direction. But I can see how my higher self was saying, no, you need to be good at this and you need to be you need to do this for a while and then we'll break it down and push you in another direction. So that direction came to be 
um, as my spirituality and spiritual dimension opened up, I started to see sound in a different way. I started to understand that these like, you know, etheric formative forces, the fundamental blueprints of our creation and how sound fit into that. And then I wanted to put that into my music and I wanted to communicate that and, and help spur that seeking impulse of people of others, you know? Um, so that's in a nutshell. Um, I worked as a sound engineer for many years. I still do freelance. Um, I'm a, I, so I edit a lot of podcasts and things for other clients. I edit a lot of, uh, do some radio work. I do some, uh, stuff for high end wedding films and short films. And so yeah, bits and pieces of that. And I have my business that I'm building of fundamental frequency, which is I'm about to launch sound therapy. Actually, I've been learning sound therapy modality called biofield tuning. So that's what I'm moving into mm. in the next few months. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Like, mm. There's so much jam packed into that. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I really love the correlation or just the connection with with frequency and consciousness yes and because you know i'd like to hear your perspective on that on mm. you know how they are one and the same thing or how they're different or how you see that yeah so i think to maybe illustrate that we can look at the way sound actually in my research the way sound actually manifests is in uh, geometric bubbles like that's the actual reality of sound is that sound manifests out of our mouths. It's not like a wave that you see graphed. It's actually like a bubble that emanates from the mouth and they have very specific geometry. Mm. And you can see this through uh, something called cymatics. I'm sure a lot of people have seen cymatics before and you can look it up on YouTube if you haven't. But basically in the process of cymatics, you can see how sound has very specific resonant geometry where it arranges matter in a certain way. And so in understanding that, you can kind of see how other formative forces of our reality, so that includes light waves, um, sound waves, and subtle energy, they all start to form what we see and experience as our physical reality. So that's how I sort of understood sound in that picture. You know, sound is not necessarily responsible for all of creation but it is a part of it and it, we can visualize it so it shows us like how we fit into everything else and so from a consciousness perspective i think consciousness is that intelligence that is arranging itself and permeating all things and all life it's like the underlying instructions or um the underlying spirit that is informing how we are animated and that is so, so yeah, through sound, I found my connection to consciousness in that way. It's, it gives us an in to like seeing how it actually might work. And I think it's beyond actually, I think it's beyond the brain's ability to comprehend it fully, but we can get a glimpse and let, you know, let that breeze, let a breeze of God in if that mm. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's kind of like music and frequency Mm. vibration sound it's like a portal almost into that yeah. world of consciousness yeah uh, yeah to access that world like you said like uh, all physical matter comes yeah. from that field at a start yeah well um yeah to to add to that like i don't know if you've looked at much of joe dispenser's work and things like that but um mm. i remember seeing uh, i remember reading a while ago i should read it again the chapter in his book um 
uh, becoming supernatural. And it was talking about how the brain reconstructs reality out of etheric geometry, basically. So we perceive light as the reality of light is it's all these geometric bubbles around us, but we construct our brain constructs it into a physical reality that we that we then navigate. Mm. And that's a, a crazy concept to think of in itself. But that's sort of giving us an idea of like, you know, a lot of people experience these types of things when they have psychedelic trips or um, have mystical spiritual experiences that they see geometry and that's mm. beyond your physical eyes. You know, you're not seeing it with your eyes, you're seeing it with something else. So you have an extra sensory perception of this realm which is showing you how the blueprint of everything um mm -hmm. so yeah that's that's, that's a little bit, yeah it's like you know and this is this spans back like thousands and thousands of years you know you go right back to all your spiritual traditions and buddhist traditions and vedic traditions the oldest and all mm -hmm. the egyptian traditions the oldest you know like all of these really things like ten thousand years at least mm -hmm. um and you've got examples of in, in more recent times in like Greek culture where people like Pythagoras and Plato and these philosophers were, were initiating themselves into all of these um, plant medicine ceremonies in mystery schools and things to have a, to get a glimpse of this, because this is, this is where they were downloading their information from. They were having direct experience of consciousness and then deriving all of these fundamental principles of mathematics and music and uh, art philosophy from that realm you know if you go back far enough you realize someone just made everything up like there's no like there's no manual now that's i always love thinking about this michael it's like you go back far yeah. enough and you got to realize someone made everything up or they got this information from somewhere through direct experience it has to come from direct experience it can't come from anywhere else so yeah. Which yeah. Relates anyway, to... I'll stop there and I'll let you speak. <laughs> <laughs> now you're the one that's here to speak. That that relates back to our own experience, though, with consciousness, yeah. Yeah. and then how when we start to mm. become like we're we're consciousness, mm. whether we're aware of it or not. You know, mm. sometimes we talk about being becoming conscious that you're consciousness mm. or becoming aware that you're aware mm -hmm. it's mm. like you yeah. were always awareness you're always a consciousness but you just weren't always aware or conscious of it <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's that idea that um uh, i heard someone say once like spirituality or the idea of spirituality wouldn't exist if everyone realized that they were just spirit that they were spiritual like it's funny that we have this idea that someone can be oh you're spiritual like everyone is inherently spiritual so yeah. it's like funny that we have this you know that that exists you know which is a great point where i'd like to say people often put spiritual things into boxes yeah you know, or even religions have been put spirituality into boxes and mm. like you can't put it in a box because it's everything mm. mm -hmm. like everything can't be in a box <laughs> yeah 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 you're beyond the box yeah like it's um yeah it's profound when you start to lean into it uh, but i think it is beyond it's beyond intellectual knowledge and beyond um yeah it's something that has to be directly experienced like i was saying and you were sort of leading into my own spiritual journey mm. which um i can speak to that a little bit if you like yeah um, so yeah it's been it was an interesting and tumultuous and sometimes terrifying um experience for me and um it opened up 
lots and lots of different things. But what, from what I realized, and this is just a, re, a recent realization, is that your higher self designs your entire journey. <laughs> and there's nothing that you can't handle. Like it is literally putting you in the fire so that you can learn yourself. You're putting yourself in these situations so that you can learn um, mm. how to navigate life and have soul growth. So for mm. me, it started in uh, probably 2017, 2016 or 17. Um, I actually started a year of, I started meditating for the first time. Um, I started doing like 10 minutes a day with them. Um, headspace app that was like my my start of um searching into spirituality but actually upon reflection my dad's quite spiritual so he did reiki and things on us as kids and i I had that dimension like dad was always into stuff like that and yeah books that were lying around that was that had spiritual you know context and Eckhart Tolle and all those types of things but he was dad's not pushy at all and he would never push anything on you so it's like he was just himself and that just rubbed off on us a little bit so um I can't guess I kind of had this orientation towards accepting it Mm. um or being interested in it and then um over the year of meditating um I started actually having weird instances where I'd wake up um i would like wake up gasping for air and all these weird things started happening to me michael like i mm-hmm. i would get up and run out of my room and um in the middle of the night and realize in the hallway and things and this is really out of character for me but there are signs now i understand of like chronic stress and things like that so there was this like uh, i'm leading up to this breaking point because there there was a breaking point that came not long after that but i feel like my my touching the source of consciousness through meditation was the catalyst for these things to unravel. It was like, I was saying to the creator or the one infinite creator, like, okay, I'm ready to go on my journey now, but like completely unconsciously I was doing that. Right. I didn't understand what I was doing, doing 10 minutes a day, but I, I realized now from referencing meditation teachers and things, I was, I was actually very talented at meditation. I could get very still and go like really deep, really quickly. And it's, you know, lots of people have said that, like, that's a, that's a gift that you carry through from past lives and stuff. Like you've done a lot of work before and I'm like, okay, that doesn't make any sense. Like, but well, it does to me now, but at the time I was like, all right, well, whatever. Um, so yeah, Michael, I got, I got to a point in my meditations where I could like just drop into a zone and have no thoughts, nothing like, mm-hmm. and um, that's, I realized what I was really searching for was that experience of nothingness, like that emptiness or that, that, um pure stillness that is like that connection to god and um Mm. so i'm completely unconsciously that's what i was searching for and i feel like when you start to invite spirit in like that um it then goes okay you're ready and it gets in the driver's seat so um around this time my father was diagnosed with cancer he's okay now but it was very stressful time um there was a lot happening like we moved houses a lot of times and there was lots of things that happened in my childhood that were very stressful and traumatic and that I didn't really, wasn't really dealing with. I didn't know how to. And so when my father moved overseas to have treatment um, back to New Zealand, where he's from, I moved back in with my mother and that's really not what I wanted to do. So I had this huge sort of breakdown. Like um, I remember I started a new job in the same time too. There was all this stress and it was just too much. But um, Mm. basically what happened during that time, I started to have panic attacks like every day. Um, 
And yeah, like just really signs of just real overwhelm, like dealing with way too much and um, trying to do way too much and not really understanding on how to, how to do anything about it. And then um, during that time of the extreme stress, my, uh, the voice in my head said, oh, you just need to do some meditation. Like that's what you need to do to relax and de-stress, right? But what happened was during the meditation one day, I sat down um, and I sat down to have this meditation and basically I dropped back into that place within a few minutes and all this energy started moving through my body and started moving up my head and so it felt like it was bursting out my head. I was seeing this beautiful golden white light and it was just dissolve. I was just dissolving into it. And um, that was beautiful in in hindsight, it's beautiful, but at the time, I experienced it as there's like two voices going on. There's one that's like, "Yeah, this is normal. Like, just let this happen. Let this, you know, let this unfold." And then there's another voice that's going, "Oh my god, I'm going to die if I keep going." Like, it was really terrifying. And so, I snapped out of that experience. And um, yeah, what followed was was like I looked down at my stomach and it was moving by itself, and like I was having all sorts of weird cramping, and it was just so so viscerally, um, uh, yeah, so visceral. Mm. Um, so like that was my first awakening experience, if that makes sense, and that's uh what I believe in in Buddhism and in now I understand in Buddhism and in Hinduism they call that a Kundalini awakening or Tumo, um. Mm. And yeah, it's it's it crazy. It, like it's literally like a death experience. Um, mm. Not that I fully went through that experience, but from that point onwards, then it got really scary because I started to have moments of deep depersonalization and derealization where I'd like walk into a room and I wouldn't understand. I could literally couldn't tell you what a table was. Like just completely, all of my thoughts were gone. Like and my understanding of. Um, reality was shattered completely shattered mm. and every time i closed my eyes that would start to happen again and it was just um so 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 stressful i was already under stress and then this was on top of it after that mm. and then i don't know how woo woo you want to get but i was having all sorts of weird paranormal experiences where i'd see lights in my room like touching me in night or i you know, I was talking about geometry before. I'll close my eyes and start going to sleep, and I'll just start falling into this kaleidoscope of geometry. And I didn't sleep for months. You know, like yeah. it was this. This went on this intensely, like every day for about three months. Um, and yeah, and then I was still trying to live a normal life at the same time, like go to work. Uh, I remember actually, I stripped back to like four hours a week of work at that time because that's all I could handle. Like I yeah. stopped driving a car because of my anxiety was so high. I like. I was having all these crazy visions of death and all sorts of things. Like it was very, very intense. And um, it probably took maybe a year for that to stabilize itself um, to a point where it wasn't so crazy, but I'd still have very visceral energy through my body. Mm. Um, and then another year on top of that, before I felt safe enough to meditate again, it was probably two years of no meditation. Um, which they do say that you shouldn't do it if that happens to you, like because basically every spiritual practice is designed to achieve an experience like that. Like that's what people are after. I had no idea that was I had no idea that even existed at this point. Like my entry into it was like, oh, I'm just gonna do this for relaxation. And because 
CEOs do it, right? You know, like that was literally like kind of my my mindset. But at the same time, like there was a calling, like I liked to listen to Eckhart Tolle and Dr. David mm. R. Hawkins, if you know who that is. Mm. Um, Thich Nhat Hanh, like these spiritual figures were coming in and I was drawn to it. And I was like, why do I like this so much? But I didn't have any sort of understanding of why. Yeah. Um, so that started to all you know that that something something like that happens to you and um or for you and mm. you start to really question your like reality and mm-hmm. so that i <laughs> during that time i was going to the doctor like every couple of weeks michael and i was getting blood tests and stuff and i was going like find something wrong with me right and there's <laughs> nothing it'll come back clean like you're healthy mate it's all good and i'm like wow like what's going on i went to a couple of psychologists um, around that time yeah look now you're you, like you seem really grounded like and I was trying to telling these experiences you know and then I found like the sort of the the baseline mainstream level of psychology wasn't helping me so I started to look then for um, like then I started to go like type into Google like energy explosion in head like you know all these types of things and then it would come back with like some Vedic website or this yoga website and I would like go oh, okay like this is a thing like this, like this kind of thing happens. And so then I went on the journey of understanding like what was happening to me, why it was happening. Mm. And I guess my connection to my higher self and soul just started to strengthen. I started to to trust it a lot more. Mm. Um, It sent me on personal development, like reading lots of personal development books. Um, the, the one book that really saved me during that time was called Eastern Body, Western Mind. I don't know if you've heard of that book by Anadea Judith. Yeah, I love it. Like a beautiful marriage of Jungian psychology and the chakra system. Like it's just such a good book if you're just getting into that kind of thing or you're going through something that needs to give context. Mm. Um, so yeah, that book, because I, I had the visual experience, I had an understanding of like, okay, something's going on with my energy here. And then that book was like, this is probably what's happened to you. And it kind of shows you like how psychological issues arise at the different levels of the chakras and things. And so that I realized was like, oh, wow, I really, I really get this. And this really helps me understand what's happening to me and maybe the things that are coming up as a result of all this energy moving through. Because basically what I understand now is that Kundalini energy just unearths your entire subconscious content all at once. Like that's, what the Buddhists say and what the the um, Hindus say. So imagine like all of your trauma and you can access collective subconscious stuff too. So you can have all sorts of stuff going through you. Um, it's a lot all at once. It is like your entire thing. So um, man, is- it was... It was it was a lot, and I'll stop speaking if you want to speak to anything I've said because um I could just keep going otherwise. <laughs> I I honestly think we could probably talk about this all day because it's there's so much in it, and yeah 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 it's so relevant though the the mm. you know it's known as a Kundalini awakening mm. um, in the Vedic teachings and you said in yeah it's called Tumo in in Buddhist. Yeah, Tibetan Buddhism. Yeah, and and in some ways, most cultures or spiritual cultures will have their own version of this Mm. because it really is, from my understanding, conscious energy moving through your body. You know, starting at the bottom, going up through your head, and Mm. and it's full on. It really is absolutely full on. And I'm glad that you shared that because the reality is, like spiritual awakenings, 
Um, they're not pleasant and they're not easy most of the time. No, no. Um, there's a spiritual teacher called Adi Ashanti. I don't know if you've heard of him before. He's really, I really resonate with his work, but okay. he says that the spiritual process, the spiritual awakening process is a destructive process. Like it's not like yeah. this light, love and light, like, you know, elated, like blissful experience at first. It is like destroying all of your egoic programming to the point so you can become someone else basically like or you can become your truest self yeah. that's what it's doing it's trying to re reveal that or remove the blockages but yeah the ego the ego perceives it as like absolute life-threatening end of the world death mm -hmm. yeah and wants to hold on and then in line with all yeah. the conditioning that it's got from your own lifetime but also culture and yeah. then just humanity collectively for thousands of years being unconscious Yes, there's a lot. There's a lot to break down in that, right? When you think about the generational ancestral conditioning and traumas in there. Yeah, yeah. We're taking a quick break because I want to let you know that I'm looking for some big dreamers who either feel disconnected from or stuck in their big dream to take all their power back, to thrive in every area of their life, and create everything that they dream of. It doesn't matter how big the obstacles are or how impossible it seems. If you've got a big dream, whether it's for your business, your career, your health, your relationships, or to make a big impact in the world, or all of the above, I'm telling you, if you feel it somewhere inside, it's absolutely possible. The universe wouldn't put that inside of you if it wasn't, and I'd love to help you get there. If this resonates with you, please reach out through Instagram or my website. I'd love to meet you, hear about your dreams and your challenges, and see what's possible together. If you're an entrepreneur out there who wants to live your life and business from your true passion, purpose, and connection, then I only invite you to the Conscious Entrepreneurs Network. Our first event is in June 2023, but if you head to the website, you'll get information on the next upcoming event. This is all about community, connection, and support with other conscious entrepreneurs I guess like from that, I landed in a place where, um, what happened? I, I actually started to meet people who were kind of like-minded and they, they had like a spiritual dimension. And this is what really saved me is, um, oh, well, no, I wouldn't say saved me. I would have been fine anyway, but like, um, this is what really like sort of took my path and started to like, um, to, to carve it out in a nice way. Uh, or I started to see the path laid out in front of me and I met a couple of friends who, we're interested in like esoteric and spiritual teachings and um and geometry and fractal science and mathematics and all those kinds of things which i had become obsessed with over those couple of years of trying to help myself all of a sudden i was like wow like this is everything you know and um i'd found a few different uh youtube videos and teachings like uh, i don't know if you'd seen um chimatica which is like a it's like a spiritual documentary by a guy named ben joseph stewart uh, who was on my podcast actually and so that like at that time was a big thing that i latched on to and i loved gave mm -hmm. me context for my life and then um yeah stuff about the pyramids and all that kind of stuff like they're like the entry level like into that kind of thing yeah so i found friends that resonated with that too and then i was like okay like this is okay. And I have a gift for this. And, you know, like there's, I can offer something in this space. And so that's where I started to like go down that path. And alongside that was my own personal development and spiritual development. Uh, yeah. Personal spiritual development. Mm. So there's, so you got those two parts alongside each other. It's like this 
expression of how you're going to be in the world as this new spiritual version of yourself or this new like higher version of yourself that mm. wants to come through and you've got your own like very human like spiritual development as well and the spiritual the human spiritual development is the harder part because that's your relationship to other people relationship to yourself and um mm. that's what landed me in the rhythm health mentorship where i met you yeah. michael and um so yeah since then i've done lots of work just in my own way i've done a lot of more men's work like i've been in a few different men's circles now like just um locally and um i mean i'm in nick's amplify group at the moment um yeah amazing and um yeah i met lots of other different people during that time that all had this spiritual dimension to them as my mm. as my own spiritual um nature evolved and my own perception of reality sort of opened up more I, more people came in to kind of mirror that back to me and Mm. become very deep and beautiful friends so um yeah and it's then, really the journey of like the integration and the embodiment is words that often get thrown around yes if that was the journey then from that spiritual awakening spiritual experiences then all right then to integrate into who you are your relationships how you show up in this body in this time mm. in the present moment and yeah and but in this new version of yourself your your conscious self that's right and we were talking about the seven year cycles before that's about seven years since the since the awakening to now mm. and i can feel now the embodiment's just starting to take a hold like i wouldn't say that i'm embodied or like healed or anything and i don't and I, that will be a lifelong journey right like that's yeah. an ever unfolding process of embodiment and healing but mm. um to go from that place of being extremely volatile and extremely destabilized in your own like understanding of what's going on and your own self to now is almost night and day. And um, yeah, now I'm in a place where I can like speak on these topics and offer something hopefully valuable to people um, going through a similar thing or on that path. And um, yeah, that's leading, that leads me, that has led me to wanting to get into sound therapy um and then offer that as a way like it, I, i'll offer it in a far more holistic sense like it'll be because you can't address just one thing right you have to address the entire human system mm -hmm. which is infinitely complex so and yeah you don't, you don't want to throw everyone straight into a kundalini awakening on their first no not at all and that's <laughs> not not something that i want to induce like literally i wouldn't wish it on anyone like it's one of those things that's like your soul has to choose that and um mm. see for my experience i feel like i've been having a gradual kundalini yeah. awakening yeah I've that's often, a nice way of having it i've often <laughs> wished oh why can't this just hurry up and just get it over and done with you know just like fully yeah. open up the third eye and the crown and just you yeah. know and yeah. but i've come to appreciate just even how incrementally awakening mm -hmm. how challenging even that can be to integrate one bit at a time you know yeah different traumas come up and different subconscious things and mm. that that you know and feeling ungrounded in that let alone at all coming up at once and then trying to go through a journey of integrating that and and, and grounding and yeah finding mm. how that all fits in so it's it's challenging whatever way you look at it but a lot of people get very misunderstood in that journey and if yes. they can't help themselves then people don't understand what's going on and yeah they, end up on i don't know in psych wards or medications or something not understanding is actually a great spiritual 
um, underpinning to all of this. That's right. And I think that's largely, if you look back over history, I think that's what's being misinterpreted so many times as um, psychological issues or mental health problems where people were treated horrifically, you know, in like the early days, like the fifties and earlier yeah. um, for having psychosis and things uh, or what they claim to be psychosis. There is like, um, you know, I should say like, I don't, I don't suggest seeking this type of um, thing because it can be extremely destabilizing to, to your life. And I know people I've heard of people like really getting into a place where they're suicidal and all those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful that I wasn't there, but like those types of things went through my mind. You know, that was, I was so in a lot of pain at, at a couple of points where it was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this type of thing. So mm. And is that um, proportion with things like psychedelics, for example, that can yeah. open that up very quickly? Yes, psychedelics can open that up. It's called, the, you know, in shamanism, they call it the fracturing of the psyche. That's what mm -hmm. happens. It's like your psyche fragments to a point where you cannot like gather all the parts of yourself into a cohesive being anymore. And um, oh, I forget where I was going with this. What were we just talking about? Like the, um, we were talking about the history of, of this type of thing um yeah sorry i got lost there for a second <laughs> no you're right um yeah i thought well you're going to lead it into where you're going with the sound healing and oh, yeah. that part of it yeah yeah um oh sorry actually i remember where i was going <laughs> i'll just say <laughs> this and then i'll go into that I love it. but yeah it's um i was saying that i found a, a buddhist teacher in germany sorry she's in the uk but she's german her name is tara springett and um, she went through this experience herself and um, reading her books, she has like about five different books that detail the Kundalini symptoms and experiences and how to differentiate that from, she's a psychotherapist and psychologist. So she's got a very good background in mainstream psychology as well as spirituality in Tibet, as a Tibetan Buddhist teacher. So she differentiates between uh, psychosis and Kundalini experience. The difference between the two is, is that in psychosis, no, you can't, you have no sense of what's going on. Um, the person is like completely immersed in the experience as the experience. Whereas in Kundalini awakening, the whole time I was aware of what was going on in myself. And I was just like, Oh my Lord, I just want this to stop. Um, you know, I just want this, I just want to get better. And, and, you know, I want these symptoms to go away. And that's the difference is there's a part of you that's really aware and present and you're, you're yourself while it's happening. But crazy stuff is happening right mm. um yeah so interesting yeah so she so if anyone's going through that i recommend looking at her books she's got a book called healing kundalini symptoms and she's got another book called enlightenment through the path of kundalini mm. and um she makes it she made me feel very safe around it because mm. there's a lot of there's a lot of people that say like don't try this experience like it will you know all these spiritual teachers warn against it and that's why spirituality is so rigorous in those in those things because it can be that destabilizing mm. um you have all these foundational practices for 12 15 years first before you start leaning into deep esoteric practice because you need that that fundamental building blocks of your psyche to be solid mm. um so yeah she she kind of said like it's okay this is happening and there's a way to cope with it there is a whole set of instructions and meditations and things that people go on with after these after that happens in a, a traditional spiritual setting like buddhism 
Um, but it's not revealed to most people because it's not, most people don't get there. Most people don't have those experiences in 20 year, 30 years of, of seeking, you know? And um, so when it does happen to someone or it's induced or, or what happens in it, I don't know what happens, but like then those teachings are revealed. So she's kind of come forward with and seen that so many people are having this spontaneously. There's thousands of people having this spontaneously. Mm. And she's, she's worked with like 5,000 people, right? Yeah. Um, and so she's helping them navigate it and feel safe and and really start to, to embody and have the more blissful experiences that come. Then you are opening up to the gifts of source that want to move through you. So mm. yeah, that's a- what I that's yeah that's that's what I wanted to say about that. Yeah, yeah, it's really incredible. And I think for the average person, like anyone could have this experience. Um, but like you said, you don't, right. go, you don't have to go looking for it. Uh, the, the experience that's meant for mm. you, like you said, your higher self, you know, knows the experience mm. that you need. And so you've just got to trust your path. And if it's this, you've just got to trust it was meant for you mm. and that you'll work your way through it and you'll mm. find the guidance and the integration that you need. And if it's not, like also trust mm. your journey. Like if you don't see um, all those fractals and mm. geometry and things at this mm. stage, like know that in time, mm. um, more of that dimension mm. will open up to you. Yeah, it's funny. There's two types of people. There's ones that like are not seeking those types of experiences that tend to have those types of experiences yeah. like me. I wasn't really like yearning for that. And then there's the ones who want that so badly and it's not happening for them. And it's like this funny like cosmic joke that happens right i've got friends that are like oh i want to have an experience like that and i'm like oh no you don't like it's pretty destabilizing and um yeah it's i find it really really funny but it's like because it's not yeah, the that seeking impulse is it's, it's, yeah it's all right. it's not about the experience. It. it's right that is that is so right it's, it's, so it's much. not about the experience and, and they say that in, in traditional spirituality, it's like, don't get hung up on the pretty colors and the, and the, or the, they call it the cities, like the different gifts that you can get, because at the end of the day, it's just distracting you from the goal. The ultimate goal is you having unity with the one infinite creator, right? Mm. That's the, that's what people are seeking is that union with God, um, which is beyond any sort of like spiritual gift. Mm. Um, that does tend to happen those people with these awakenings have spiritual gifts and they get abused you know you see all these spiritual teachers abusing you know their followers and things like their disciples and things like that and that's a perfect example of it going wrong so Mm. um yeah it takes a lot of discernment and all i can say is is that um just try and seek the truest path you can with finding people who are very grounded and, and very inte- have a lot of integrity, you know, like Nick, for example, got a lot, so much integrity and he's um, so clean in his expression. And yeah, that's, that's, a, that's maybe a tip is like try and find people who are very clean in their expression and have a lot of integrity because they're the ones that are going to steer you where you can't, where you can't steer yourself. Mm. And it's a big balance of like the divine masculine and the d- divine feminine in the sense that divine masculine being all that, you know, through the crown chakra and divine feminine being through Mm. the root chakra and being embodied in this body and in this time. And yeah, yeah, actually when I was listening to some of your other teachings about the, Mm. um, the magnetic and the electrical um, Mm. reality Mm. of our existence, Mm. it just just made me think of that balance as well. You know, the, the, 
the masculine and the feminine, the electric, electric and the magnetic. Magnetic. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's that's exactly what it is. And if you look back, all these teachings were sort of personified in that way for us to understand. So we didn't have to understand it like from a science or physics perspective, but basically like there's it's multidimensional as well. It's talking about like the masculine and feminine uh, energies within yourself, but it's also talking about the gender polarity of all life in terms of scientific principles and nature. Um, mm. So yeah, I remember I was, I was talking about in that, in that essence, like the idea of, um, superconductivity and super insulation, which is a physics concept, which which says that our whole um, uh, electric current creates in a magnetic field and they're inseparable. So there's like this duality to our that's built into our existence. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that context, I was talking about the Dogon tribe in Africa, and they say that the soul of our universe is the magnetic universe, which our whole universe is creating, and um, that's where the rest of us are. We live in both of those domains. We live in this physical domain, which we experience time and um, physical reality from from a linear perspective. And then we have another dimension of our magnetic world, which mm-hmm. is nonlinear, um, nonlinear, intuitive and right-brained. So it's like these two different worlds that we bring together to become whole. Yeah, it's Amazing. a complex thing. I could do a whole podcast just about that. <laughs> and there's so many parallels between all of it and different teachings and different concepts. Yeah, they're, they're all saying the same thing. Like they're mm. all in an essence trying to communicate the same thing, which is how to live, um, how to like harness your energetic being, um, how to serve others in a positive, in positive context. Um, and how to be one with God, basically. That's 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 like they're all trying to say that you know how do you how do you live a spiritual path? And even mm. even Christianity, Michael. I know you've you've been through a lot with Christianity, but at the core, Christianity is very good, and um, mm. it's just been so distorted over time, which is a shame. Yeah. Oh, look. If you look back at the teachings, you can draw a parallel to all of these concepts as well. Absolutely. But like. Yeah. None of that was ever taught in my experience. Yeah, yeah, and I can imagine it would have. It was um so hard for you. it would have been so hard for you to realize all of that and and have to start start again or um, you know, it would have been a similar thing to what I went through of like this real understanding of what reality is again. And um, mm. so yeah, wow. I can, I can feel for you. I can feel for you on that. I mean, and like I shared before we started, it, it required a lot of breakdown before. I was even ready to be open to anything new Mm. or a different experience of God or of consciousness. And actually I couldn't even say the word God. You've said it a few times, but that word was so triggering for so long. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had to, it was just consciousness or, or awareness. And then eventually I realized, Oh, we're talking about God here. That took a few years. (laughs) I don't. Yeah. So I, like, I, I guess I had that um, stigma around the word God there for a while too. Like, because of the whole our societal programming and resistance to mainstream religion. Um, mm. But I've leaned back into it mm. as um, because I've realized my, my, the truth for me is around and what God is for me. And that mm. is what we've all been speaking about. Like the, perm, the permeating um, fundamental underlying intelligence that is 
animating all things. And mm. yeah, that's that's what God is to me. Mm. And it's really a, a way to describe this realm of spirit mm. or consciousness that we mm. can't understand with our minds. Yeah. Yeah. It, there's a certain extent like we can get to with intellectualizing it, but beyond that, like I said, it's you have to have direct experience of of it to understand it and then you, you can't often put it into words you know so exactly and it's kind of meant to be that way it's <laughs> meant to be that way absolutely it's meant to be that simple yeah yes it's meant to be that simple so um mm. well we've got a little bit of more time there i think we're going into the sound therapy stuff yeah i'd love to um yeah, so I've been learning a sound therapy modality called biofield tuning, which was invented by Eileen Day McCusick, and she is a um, yeah, she's she's actually got a, a thesis, a, a master's in um, integrative integrative education. I think is what her master's is in. And so she's very good at seeing both sides of of things and bringing them together in a different way. She's highly intelligent. So she developed a, a sound therapy modality, which I think is the most comprehensive in the way that it illustrates the, uh, the geometry or it maps out your energetic field in a way that you can understand that things are stored in, in specific locations. And this is different to any other sound therapy modality out there. Like it doesn't go, the other ones don't go into that much detail, Whereas she's created a map through, you know, thousands of hours of clinical study and um, treating patients and also running scientific research on and using tuning forks. So it uses tuning forks to detect different disturbances in the biofield around you. The biofield being like your auric field, if you want to think about, about it that way, mm -hmm. six foot toroidal sphere that around that is around you that your electrical body is generating so your electric current is ge is generating this magnetic field around you which is storing information so the rest of you is actually all around you and um mm. in science it's, it's just commonly uh it's starting to be commonly said that like your brain is just a receiver for information it's not things aren't stored in your brain like we used to think so Eileen has found through her um, therapy modality that you can find different events, traumas, and yeah, experiences in your field that start at the edge of your field that's about six feet away. Um, and that chronologically in time sort of maps to your age. So the outer, outer parts of your field is your youngest years in gestation and birth. And as you move closer to the body, you get to your current age. And along those lines at the different chakra levels, you have different sort of arrangements of themes and a different traumatic or uh, emotional events. And the thing with, with sound and tuning forks is, is tuning fork creates a coherent clear geometric sound and that's what we want here is is that we want something with clear geometry beautiful geometry because that signals um order to this to the energy system and in physics you have a concept called sympathetic resonance where you take a, a tuning fork if there's a tuning fork and you hit it and you have another tuning fork of the same uh frequency across the other side of the room it will start to ring in resonance to that one so in a similar way, we take the coherent geometry and sound of a tuning fork and place it into the field where we might feel some disturbance or static, and it starts to sync up and remind your energy system of what a clean and clear tone sounds like. And as it recognizes that it's 
out of tune, so to speak, it then the body heals itself. So that's the thing is like, I heard someone say this, I can't remember who it was, is that all, all healing is self-healing. No one ever healed anyone. Like no one healed anyone. Mm. It's only they have been encouraged to heal themselves. Even in Western medicine, like you can stitch someone back up and you can stitch someone back together. It doesn't mean that they're going to make it through, right? Like they, they're the one who heals the wounds like that, that afterwards. And it's the same emotionally. Mm. Um, we can, we just encourage the person to relax to a point where they heal themselves. That is the, the goal of biofield tuning. Mm, yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's facilitating that healing to happen. Yeah. So you're basically helping people, you know, re-tune um, their subconscious mm. programmed or energy yeah. field, you know, yeah. where there's those disturbances yeah. And, and, yeah, realign them into a coherent energy so that they can then be sort of free from that blockage or that is that yes. how it's working? Yeah. Yeah, so... Um... The subconscious mind is the body, like basically like yep. the, the body is holding all this information in its energetic structures or the yep. chakra system where those, the different processing happens. The chakra system is also related to the vagus nerve of the nervous system. So the nervous system plays an enormous role in this. Like um, your nervous system is what's responsible for sort of sensing your inner and outer environment, how safe you are um, and, per and perception. So if you experience something as traumatic as a child, your nervous system creates an electric impulse in response to the event and then stores that as a memory so that your nervous system wires to then handle that experience next time. The problem is, is that all of our, uh, most of the time it's maladaptive. It starts to hinder us later in life. And that's taking up a lot of electrical energy in the system, that event. So imagine that once you have that it stores it in your field at whatever age you are and then that electrical static or that magnetic static is always then taking something from your electrical vitality so it's stopping you actually being completely healthy it's it's limiting or resisting the flow of electricity through your body because ultimately we're all just electric, electrical and that's we can test the we can test the the cell for voltage and we know that minus 50 millivolts is where the health of a cell you should sit and more than that is when you get cell replication and cancers forming and all that kind of stuff but Basically, with biofield tuning, yeah, you're finding these traumatic events with the tuning fork um, through, through through listening to the sound of the fork. Like you can hear that there's something, but also it's, it takes, you know, sensitivity to energy. You can feel that there's a static or there's a blockage or something there. And once you release that, the electrical flow gets restored to the body. So I've had people in practice like having really, well, not in super intense, but um, sensations of energy moving as I find points in their in their energy field, and um, I just assure them, yeah, look, it's your energy being restored to your to your system, and it's actually going to lead to your your vitality, yeah, more vitality for you. So that's basically that's basically it in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, no, it's incredible, and yeah, so profound, and mm. like this really is what it's about, like becoming more conscious or having an awakening or being our true self it yeah. is clearing all these things out so that energy is then liberated mm -hmm. and then we that's when we become empowered and free and you know mm. we tap into our true creativity and we can yeah really be who we are in our true essence yeah and um yeah it's that journey of of realizing 
of self-realization that we mm-hmm. go through but is inhibited by our egoic programming or the things that we've been through like mm-hmm. you just said and it's also about like realizing that if I can get anything across, it's just help someone understand that they're not separate from anything else. Like they are one with God always. And it's just realizing that you're not separate through like the things that keep you separate are all this, this stuff that happened mm. um, and that you're still holding on to. Mm. So I guess that's where I like the, the part I want to play is helping people remove the, the separation between them and the one infinite creator, God, consciousness, source, and so that they can um, go on their own journey of self-realization and self-liberation. Mm. And uh, do you like offer these experiences? Are they in person or are they? So I'm literally going to be launching it in June. I haven't quite um, got there with all the business stuff yet, but um, yeah. in June I will be launching yeah, in-person and remote sessions. So if you've ever had a Reiki session at work that remotely, um, it's the same thing. Um, yeah. to, so people can understand how a remote session works is that basically I'll connect with you via Zoom and you'll lie down at home. I will be um, with my uh, massage table here as if you were lying there. And then you just treat the person as if they were there because the difference, the thing is, is with energy, it transcends time and space. So you mm. can treat someone as if they're there thousands of miles away this has actually been tested lots of times in studies yeah. and things like people can influence through particle entanglement and there was that big uh, scientific study that nobel prize that dropped last year on, of proving that we can um, induce particle entanglement thousands and thousands of kilometers away so that's how remote sessions work and um i've done a few and they've been just as profound as in-person ones so mm. um yeah i will start offering it in june and um yeah you'll be able to sort of book sessions through my instagram mm, that's incredible and i'm um, yeah so glad you're doing this because it's a, it's another thing that's going to help people on their journeys and i think at yeah. the end of the day that's what it's all about everyone has their thing that they can contribute everyone's mm-hmm. on their own journey to themselves healing themselves like you said but that we all get to you know get support from each other yeah and it comes and it, you know like yourself michael you're leaning into coaching and um Mm. A lot of the time it's, it's comes from beyond us. It's not, it's not really us doing it. It's like the part it's the, that spirit that wants to move through to help. Um, and so, yeah, it's really, I really think of myself getting out of the way. Like that's one of the things I lean teaches is like, how can you get out of the way of this session? Um, because it's not about you. It's about like just being there to provide the opportunity for the person to relax and heal themselves and that's yeah that's the ultimate goal and i guess it'd be similar for you like how can you have a direct transmission that then extends something to somebody that helps them have a realization that Mm -hmm. that helps them heal and that's what true service is that's what true service is yeah that's what true service is and um Mm. yeah it takes a lot of it's hard work it takes a lot to put your ego aside (laughs) and um yeah got a bit to learn there yeah yeah, but I've loved everything you've shared. And I just want to ask if you had any advice for someone that was on their journey of consciousness or going through an awakening or just that integration stage or what would it be? What advice would you give someone? Um, maybe for someone just starting out, it's like follow that, follow your seeking impulse and don't ever, don't ever extinguish it because that's like your connection to, to everything is that seeking impulse. It's don't mm-hmm. let... Um, your societal parental or whatever figures in your life tell you that 
um, your experience of reality isn't valid. Mm. Um, and yeah, really follow that seeking impulse. That's like your spiritual growth. That's your soul wanting to come through. And it's just, it's a beautiful journey when you go on it. Um, for someone going through an experience like I did, there is help available. I just suggest try and find a holistic psychotherapist that understands energy and Eastern philosophy. Uh, read the book, Eastern Body, Western Mind. Uh, read Tara Springett's books. Um yeah, healing kundalini symptoms if you're going through that or you think you might be going through that. She actually has a test on her website if you want to go and do a test. You can you can qualify for all these different symptoms and it can sort of help in, inform whether you might be going through something like that. Yeah. Um, and but there's, always, there's always help available, you know. I wanted to say like sometimes people confuse mental illness with this experience. So maybe for someone or you know someone that's mm. maybe like got a lot coming to the surface and it looks like a mental illness or psychosis mm. or something else, like it's probably worth um, looking into this. Yeah, that's right. It's such a new field though as well. Like I hope one day I can um, offer, like I do imagine in the future, like I'll go into helping other people that have gone through a similar thing. I'm just mm. doing the sound therapy to start off with is, you know, one thing at a time, but it's like, um, yeah. yeah, you're so right. Like if you think you're suffering with some sort of mental illness, it might not be. It could be a spiritual experience that's really serving your greater ex greatest expansion. Like mm. that's what I've realized is that all of this happens is for your expansion. Like all the really contracted and scary, sometimes terrifying, horrible things that happen are, are always serving your highest good. Um, it just doesn't seem like it while you're going through it. Yeah, no, they're such wise words. I love that. I appreciate it. And um, what's the best way for people to reach out to you and connect with you? Uh, yeah, so um, I do everything through Instagram. So my Instagram handle is at fundamental underscore frequency underscore. Um, I've got that and I've got a podcast, which is a fundamental frequency podcast. Um, everyone can find that on all platforms. Oh, what else do I have? Um, and and uh, with your podcast, like, mm. you know, what kind of people are, are really going to love that podcast? I think a lot of people resonate from your show, Michael, like um, people who are, are on that seeking spiritual path, but also who are into science and physics. And um, yeah, we cover ancient cultures a lot too. It's really, it's quite holistic in the way I, I just follow whatever is, is exciting me really. Mm. And so we go into a lot of different concepts and things that kind of link all back into what we talked about here today. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Well, thanks again for being here and uh yeah, I look forward to maybe having you back in a couple of years and just hearing more of the journey. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Thanks so, <laughs> so, thanks so much for having me, Michael. All right, thanks. And thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.